0: Welcome back. We are giving away that Roger Hines Dreamfish twin. And uh, we're doing that next week, actually, on June 1st. We will announce the winner on social media. But the pool that we are randomly selecting from are among our monthly supporters. We have a um, subscription platform set up on surfsplenderpodcast.com where you can support our work here. It's a $5 a month commitment. You can cancel anytime, of course. But um, in return for doing that and helping us run this business, create this content, invest in the future of the content, and archive the old stuff, as a thank you for all of that, we give you an ad-free podcast. There's a private RSS feed that I will just email to you. You copy and paste that into your podcast app and you get a version of the show that's exactly the same except without any commercials. And we also do these surfboard giveaways. So I've got one next month as well. So I'll reveal that next week. But the Roger Hines Dreamfish that I reviewed two weeks ago on this podcast, I also just released a YouTube version of it. If you wanna see all the visuals, you can get that on YouTube, but we're giving that away on June 1st. So if you wanna be in that running, just subscribe before June 1st and you will be included. So thank you very much for the support. We are grateful to have the opportunity to do the work. Thanks. 13 days ago, I received an email with a subject line, Cruz Nova 11 lands the first ever front flip in surfing. The email started with some niceties and then a brief introduction and basic info on the surfer, and a link to video clips. Quote, I'd like to share this new air that 11-year-old Cruz D'Nova just landed. Cruz is calling it a backside front flip, and it is arguably the first one ever done in surfing. We're releasing this clip on Instagram today. If you're interested, we'd be stoked if you could post it to help get this clip some traction. End quote. And I'm not particularly diligent nor fast with email. And uh, that's a matter of choice, by the way. So I had already in fact seen this clip on Instagram before I ever got their email. And the clip blew me away completely. I watched it repeatedly. I'd watched it more times than i had watched any surf clip on Instagram in a long time. The kid is 11, not a teenager. He's an 11 year old child. And this email that I received was from his father. It wasn't aggressive or pushy in any way at all. It was polite, but it was also personal, just professional enough to make me appreciate that this father is taking his son's achievement seriously. But it also made me curious about how seriously the father was in fact taking it. Surfing has been plagued by dads trying to live their failed dreams through their own children. Young surf stars careers have crumbled under the weight of overbearing parental expectation. And so really beyond Cruz's kind of amazing feat and his very clear talent, I was really more curious about Tim. I was curious if he had any expectations for Cruz. I was also curious just, how much he's thought about uh, how to cultivate talent without creating expectation. I was curious what his relationship was like with the surf industry, and does their support even matter in this day and age of kind of digital self-marketing? And then in that realm, how do you kind of navigate the cesspool of online comment sections for your 11-year-old child? So I asked him if he was interested in joining me for that conversation. And as it turns out, he was, and he seemed actually really comfortable and willing to um, process some of the thoughts and also just wade through all of it with me. So without further ado, my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor. And here is my conversation with the father of the first surfer in the world to land a front flip, Tim DeNova. I hope you enjoy. Until it came to be, until I came to see, until it came to be. Because yeah. I really, I worry that like we're in this very transient internet era where that happened. But yeah, it was two weeks ago. And I kind of right, remember right. it, and we're already on to the next. So unless you're pumping out content every week or every day, it's almost right. irrelevant. But I don't think we can overstate. This was an 11-year-old who did a maneuver that we've never seen any other pro surfer do, and by a lot of measures, is gnarlier than any other surfer, anything that we've ever yeah. seen any other surfer do.
1: It's funny because uh, initially he was just going for a different maneuver and he was going he was just trying to do like a corked out uh backside full row but the way Cruz naturally does that rotation he really like flips himself and we went back uh the night previous he didn't air and it was a funny story because we're driving home and we haven't reviewed the clips yet or anything and he calls my wife and he goes mom i almost ended up backflip and She's like, really? He goes, yeah, I was going backside, and I did this flip, like, over-rotated, and I almost landed this backflip. And my wife goes, wow, that's cool. Do you think you could ever do a front flip? And we both immediately were like, no way. Impossible. You can't do a front flip. And we basically, like, laughed at her. Like, that can't happen. And then we go back to the hotel room, and we start reviewing the videos uh, and in slow motion. And Cruz is like, wait a second. He's like, look at my body. I'm pretty sure I'm doing a front flip here. And then we looked at it and we're like, you're right. This is like legit front flip. So we sent the video home to my daughter who's 12 and she's like full on gymnastics and, um, excuse me, gymnastics and cheerleading like star. So we sent her the video and we go, tell me what you think this is. She doesn't know anything about surfing terms or what errors are called. And she said, oh, 100%, he did a front flip. And we're like, oh my God, he did a front flip. I was like, we've never heard of that. Um, we might be the only one who's ever done it. It's kind of cool that there's a debate between what it is, what it's called. Uh, I see both sides of it. Uh, his, I mean, we all see his body at the top of the peak, of the, at the crest of the wave, flipping forward. And it's for sure, we're like 100%, this is a front flip. Now, I understand if you had straps on your feet, uh, you could technically have the board Go nose first, like maybe like a windsurf or a snowboarder would, where you would flip forward with your board doing a different type of rotation. So in all accounts, he just started calling it a front flip. So we went with it. Um, and I don't know if it's ever been done before, but it was pretty cool that he did it. And he was stoked on it. Uh, the previous day after we reviewed the clips, he had it in his, set in his mind. This is happening. I'm going to try as many times as it takes to land this thing. He got a bunch of really close ones, but he finally stuck that one where he like totally stomped it. And uh, so he was well aware of what he was doing and, and attempting it. So it was cool to see him understand the body mechanics of that and and put it to effect. It was, it was pretty rad. We were stoked.
0: But that part is absolutely remarkable that he would conceive of it, you know, 12 hours prior and then be able to execute the very next day which of course is a testament to the wave pool, but I also think it's kind of a testament to youth.
1: Oh yeah. I, honestly, I don't, I don't know if he even thinks about like that no one ever did it before, right. or uh, I think he looks at it kind of like a skate park. Like it's there and the wave pool is definitely like that where he just has a bunch of attempts at it and he goes, okay. And if he's able to see the video and review it in slow motion, he can make those tweaks. Like, it's crazy that he can do it, like so instantaneously. He's like, "Oh, I just need to over rotate my shoulder. I need to grab the board differently," and then he just goes out and he goes and he does that. It's it's insane, but super cool. You,
0: when you look at like sociologically, um, music, the best music that's ever been produced, mm-hmm. uh, artwork, paintings, stuff like that, it's all often done by people in their twenties, you know, yeah. like there's something about um, creativity or maybe it's just cynicism kicks in when you get older, you know, and like all your right, past right. failures are kind of front of mind and they block your creativity. But right. I could see as an 11 year old, what else do you have to think about? He's not thinking about uh, kids at school or bills to pay or where his next meal is gonna come from, any of that. Right. He's just focused on doing his thing. And then of course his body is more nimble than ours is.
1: So, yeah. yeah, yeah, he it's definitely have a trampoline here in our, our house. Like I was saying, my daughter is a big time cheerleader and gymnastics star. So, uh, he definitely uses the trampoline as a system to put like a little foam board underneath of his feet and he will sit there out there all day and try different rotations and see what he can do. Just keeping that board underneath of his feet with single grabs, double grabs and all types of flips. So incredible yeah
0: um when did he start surfing
1: uh he was three years old when he first started surfing uh my I have three daughters so I have a daughter who's about to go to college she just turned 18 uh and I have a a daughter named Meadow who's one year older than Cruz and she is 12 years old uh the oldest daughter had a surf lesson when she was younger and Cruz is only three years old and we were just at the beach during that surf lesson and when she came in he asked me to take him out on a board and it was like from that day on he was dad let's go surfing let's do it again let's do it again
0: how serious were you into surfing
1: uh i was a recreational surfer uh i grew up surfing since i was 13 so i mean i did it since i was 13 my whole life but not to the extent that where is at i was never into contests or anything like that gotcha Yeah. My, my background is actually in the art field, like you were saying. So I went out to after high school, I went out to uh, San Diego and lived there for six years Uh, and I got into graphic design and uh, that turned into photography. So now I'm a photographer and a a video guy, but.
0: Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, You were saying something about where you live.
1: Yeah, we live in New Jersey. So for Cruz, it was amazing to see, when he first started surfing, it was the summertime, but as the weather got colder, he didn't want to stop. So at three years old, four years old, five years old, it didn't matter. He, we had to find gear for him. We had to find boots and gloves and hoods. And even though the sessions weren't as long in the winter, he, he was out there. He wanted wow. it. Mm-hmm.
0: At what age did you identify that he had, you know, a remarkable
1: talent? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess as a parent, you everyone says stuff to you like on the beach, even as a little kid. I mean, he's a little guy. He's going out to the main lineup, taking waves all the way in, not doing anything special, but just had style and, and would take the wave to the beach. So you, you get a lot of comments. Oh, that's so cute. I'd never seen that before. And just naturally as a parent, you start kind of reaching out and looking on the internet or searching social media, like are other kids doing this, like at this age, um, so it was pretty early on that it seemed like he had like a knack for it. Um, I don't know if it ever kicked in where he has like this super special talent, like I, how do you do it as an outsider? Like being in it as a parent, uh, it just seems super natural that like, he just kept them progressing the way he has.
0: Well maybe the moment was 2 weeks ago when I saw it, that backflip <laughs> <Right?
1: laughs> when I saw the front flip.
0: You know like yeah. that was the moment for me where I go okay that's different never seen an 11 year old do that before. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't
1: know. It, I don't know if there was a specific age. I mean Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like it naturally it went quick for sure. It it went from oh you know how to do that maneuver to oh you're really linking turns now and oh you just popped the an air, which seems super young to do the, like the first air reverse. Um, but I don't know. It just seemed like a supernatural progression for him that it just kept on building on, on top of his like foundation that he already had.
0: When did the industry start to approach and who was it?
1: Uh, our first approach was our friend, Rob Kelly, who lives here in ocean city. I um, don't you know, Rob, he, he writes for Bill Uh and he got us on to the local uh, surf shop here in town. It's called 7th Street Surf Shop. And back on the East Coast, surf shops are still kind of a thing. Like kids hang out there. It's a team atmosphere. It's a group and everyone surfs together. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still like that, like on the West Coast, but. Yeah, for not, us,
0: not nearly as much as the East Coast.
1: Yeah, for us, it's, it's still a big thing. So uh, he was young, uh, probably six years old. He, he got onto the 7th Street Surf Shop team and that was a big deal. So then you start getting hooked up with like discounts on all the surf gear and the clothing. Uh, And then from there, that relationship built uh, pretty strong with Rob Kelly, who eventually got him on to uh, the Bilbon team, which is probably around eight years old.
0: So I know of Rob Kelly as a surfer, but is he team Mm -hmm. manager as well?
1: Uh, Not the team manager, but he's like the East Coast representative. So he does like team managing Uh, He he does more marketing, but he does team managing aspects on the East coast because we don't really have anybody on the East coast that's uh, really managing any of the team. So Rob Kelly kind of picks up that role.
0: So I'm sure that relationship with Billabong has changed over the years, certainly from kind of a local support to now, Mm -hmm. you know, you guys are kind of breaking the internet with stuff. And so I'm, I'm curious how those, how that relationship has been cultivated and what have they presented to you and what do they expect of crews?
1: Well, Bilbong has been kind of awesome and amazing. Uh, they definitely, we have grown with them. So uh, the last couple of years we spent our winters out in Hawaii. Uh, and when we first started going out there, we were renting houses and just putting our time in and we'd stop by the Bilbong house and hang out in the backyard and, you know, hang out with Seth and Griffin, whoever is at the house. And it was cool. We never stayed at the house, but we were around and they welcomed us in. And we have Reynos is our uh, team manager out there in Hawaii and he does coaching and he's amazing with the kids. Um, and then this past year was the first year where we actually stayed at the house. Uh, we were there with Jackson Dory and Sky Brown and that felt like a big deal. Like, Ooh, we're kind of in the house now. We're sleeping over, we're waking up and pipeline's right up front. And, uh, and rainers was there. He's taking the kids out surfing. I don't really feel like they put any sort of pressure on us to, as far as expectations, especially crews at his age, they really, uh, are just there for support. They don't expect us to do a certain number of posts or, uh, surf certain contests or anything like that. They don't, push us to go out and surf sunset. Like if it's too big, it was too big. Like Reynos was great. He, he realized that, you know, he's there to support and whatever the kids felt comfortable with, he was okay. Some kids wanted to go surf when it was gigantic and other kids didn't. And he could kind of pick up on that and he wasn't really pushing anybody to do anything. Uh, I can't say enough wonderful things about them. They've been awesome. Yeah. Awesome.
0: I think yeah. the surf industry as a whole, um, has learned from past mistakes in those ways, you know, a hands-off approach is kind of a better long-term strategy. Um, There's not a lot of fathers that can take off in December and go stay in Hawaii with their kids. How does that work? How does that interrupt your life and your other kids, your relationship with your other kids, all that sort of stuff, time with your wife?
1: Yeah. At at first it was, An issue as far as like are we really doing this do do people do this and we've actually met a lot of people through surfing that they have a similar lifestyle so there are a group of people out there that you know work this into their family life and it's working uh for us being on the east coast I think we kind of do it like this like in the summertime we don't get a ton of waves here so I feel like when we're home, we're home, like we're, it's family time. We're doing other things. Surfing is not hundred percent what's happening for us in the summertime. So there's, I mean, he's at the beach playing with his friends, but he's doing fun stuff like on foamy boards or boogie boards. He's going to skate parks and playing tennis, golf. He's doing tons of things. Uh, so I feel like there's a break from surfing throughout the year during our summertime It's totally family time. And then the winter time is just understood. Okay, winter time we're going to focus on surfing. We're going out to Hawaii. It's going to be a three month stay, and obviously our we're connected to the family at home constantly. Like every day we're Facetiming them, uh, and they also come out for about two weeks during that stay, and they stay with us. And then it's just I don't know. It just works for us uh, the way that goes down.
0: I envision. I mean, just looking at past pro surf uh kids Mm -hmm. that ends up being a 12 month commitment you know i mean it starts off with just the winter season and then before Uh long you're doing you're spending your whole life on the road do you think it's is it sustainable
1: uh well i don't know i think eventually i I think it's sustainable for the amount of time that our young kids are in the house my oldest is about to go to college next year she's going to go out to Italy for one semester, and then she'll be in Boston. She got accepted to Northeastern. So obviously my wife wants to travel with us, but we have our other daughter who's into competitive cheer. So she's also traveling. So we have two kids that are into sports that take time away. Lots of practice for her, lots of different states that she has to go to. Um, And my wife has taken that role with her. And I go as often as I can when I'm home And then I've taken the role of being with Cruz to do what he does. Uh, We just agreed as a family that we're gonna do what's best for the kids. Whatever they're into, we're gonna support that as much as we can. It's definitely difficult. Uh, Is it sustainable? I don't know. The way we're doing it now, it definitely is. If it, it becomes what you're saying, it's gonna be, oh, Cruz needs to be away for entire year we'd have to figure something else out because I'm definitely not going to leave the girls <laughs> for that right. long, you know?
0: Right. Listeners are unaware, but Cruz, uh, Scott Bass and I talked about Cruz on the, our podcast spit last week mm-hmm. and Cruz sent me in a thank you email. He sent us both, both a thank you email. Uh, just saying, thanks for highlighting his, you know, Waco back front flip on air and I don't know a lot of other 11-year-olds who have the courtesy to do such a thing. Yeah. So was that entirely his? Was that you kind of coaching him saying, hey, this is how you become a courteous adult? Like, tell me how yeah. that email happened.
1: Uh, to be honest, that Cruz is, so I run Cruz's Instagram account. Sure. Uh, he barely ever goes on Instagram. He doesn't even know, know what's happening. So the things that are, like the comments that are coming in, Like sometimes I'll mention, oh, this person reached out to you or whatever. Uh, But as far as emails, that's totally him. A a lot of our homeschool projects, uh, because he's currently on homeschool because of the COVID situation, he did go to public school with the rest of my kids. But once COVID hit, we pulled everybody out. So uh, we get creative with some of the writing projects and the reading projects. So situations like this where people have done nice things for him or, or went out of their way to reach out to him, then that's definitely a situation where we use Cruz as like, okay, let's sit down in front of a computer and write some letters back to people. So that's totally him. Yeah.
0: Good. And and, I mean, and by the way, if it was you coaching him, awesome as well. You know, Uh, like that's how, that's how kids learn how to do things, whether it's saving Mm. and learning how to budget their money or write thank you notes. Mm. Like it's a, it was a very kind thing for him to do and a, a very thoughtful thing for him to do. Um,
1: and I uh, think I'll, both, I'll absolutely. definitely let him know that. Yeah. He'll appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Well, and I also think it, mm. um, it reflects well on you and it also bodes well for a surf career because mm. you've often seen parents kind of get in the way of, you know, uh, kids sports careers and, or, or maybe they're absent parents or whatever it is. And like the little details mm. like that are indicators that he's got a yeah. good head on his shoulder and he has supportive parents, you know, which goes a long way. Oh, thank you. Gladly. Um, tell me about the homeschooling is how long will that stay in play? And do you have any desire? Does he have any desire to go back to public school?
1: Uh, each of our kids are different for sure. Like it's, he, I think works better out of school. Uh, my other two girls both really enjoy school. They, they, really enjoy uh the social aspect of it like for Cruz I feel like it just it works better for him at home and not because of travel and not because of surfing at all it just my wife really enjoys doing it with him uh and he, I think he learns better that way and I, I think we can teach him things that the school system is not teaching him I, I think the school system works for certain kids and it, and it doesn't for others and we definitely see the different personalities in our kids, and, and what works for our oldest daughter isn't really working for Cruz. And we see him, you know, doing better at homeschool at, awesome. at this moment. I mean, maybe down the line he will go back to school. We're not ruling it out, but what we did this last year with him is it's kind of special, and we're going to continue doing that. Um, yeah, and his interest is working. Yeah,
0: his interest may change as well as he gets older and develops.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, does he have any goals with surfing?
1: Um, I, I think he, he was excited to do something that was new. I think, his, I think his goals are kind of thinking outside of what's been done and and coming up with other things. So he'll put a list on the refrigerator of, of different airs that he thinks that he can pull. And like, he's already wanting to go back to Waco. Like, we just got home not too long ago. And he's like, oh, I think I can do this now. And I don't even know what it is, but like, I think I can do this. And he'll go and trampoline and practice it. And then he'll tell me like, and it's so funny. He's so sure. So he'll come and he'll tell me like, yeah, I can land that. And like, he'll go there and he'll, he'll, he'll do it until he lands it. It's, it's crazy that he, right. that's how his brain works. But it's not like I want to do something that he's seen before. He's thinking, I want to do something that I've never seen before. Yeah. What
0: about professional goals? Does he look at anybody on tour and aspire to that life?
1: Um, he definitely follows the contests when they're on. Uh, his favorite surfers are like John John Italo, uh, type of like radical types of surfers. Uh, we we did the contest thing with Cruz since he was young. So this year was the first year we took a break from it. And I, he's tried. He would, He did very well in contests. He has a really good attitude about them. Uh, he's really calm, and I, 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 he's really humble. So after like winning contests, like someone will come up to him and say, "Oh, how'd you do?" And instead of saying like, "Oh, I won this thing," he's he's just like, "Oh, I did okay." And then like later, they'll find out that he like won the contest. But it's yeah, yeah. It, he doesn't he doesn't look at contests as like the end goal. Like. Uh, or maybe me as a parent, don't I, I see different avenues. So if he continues to really enjoy surfing, and that's all it is right now for us, is you really enjoy this, let's give you every opportunity possible to do it. So that's why we do go to different places for him. Um, but if he decides that he doesn't want to do contests, that's totally fine with us. It, it's That's not the only avenue for him. If he wants to do something else creatively with surfing, we're totally down for that as well.
0: It was, there was a pretty clear path to professional surf success back in the 90s and 2000s. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was contests. It was like, start doing local contests, do well, get sponsors and move your way up to the world tour. And that was really the only way to make a living up until a certain point. It's so much more nebulous nowadays. What has your strategy been through it? Because obviously at a certain Mm -hmm. point, you embrace YouTube as a platform. Uh, What's the strategy been?
1: Yeah. I think we were the, when we first got into contests, I think we felt the same way. I, I mean, everything's new to us. We're not, we don't have a professional surfing background. We haven't done this before. We were learning the contest structure. We thought contests were everything. Like we would go to contests. We thought, Oh, we need to win a title or we need to get a national title and then companies will come, you know, like sponsors will come and you'll just blow up. But that just wasn't the case. Like you, I don't even know if anyone's paying attention uh, half the time uh, of what the kids are doing at these contests. So it took us a little while to really get in. They were great though. I got to have nothing against contests. Crews made tons of friends and we met some great families with contests and it's a fun time, but it's definitely not the only way. If it's even a way anymore, it's not what we believed it was going to be. We found out quickly that that wasn't the case. Um, And I thought we there was more value in doing edits and traveling and and gaining those experiences than, you know, hitting contests every weekend. Oh, did I even answer your question?
0: <laughs> you you teed it up. I mean, so yeah. what is what is the strategy? It, or is there a strategy in play? Do you look at it yeah. as, you know, where do you invest the time to see the most growth?
1: Right. Uh, I mean, what's most fun for us is the strategy. So the most fun for me is filming crews, putting cool edits together. And the most fun for him is going to new places and surfing without any sort of hindrance on like a heat or having to, you know, get a score. For him, looking back at the clips after a session and doing something radical, even if it's one trick in the whole entire session, that's that's the most fun for him. So that's where we've been putting all our focus on lately is is doing that and just seeing where that takes us.
0: Are you doing all the filming and editing?
1: Yeah, I do all the filming and editing. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: is which that is totally fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, that's my background and that's what I enjoy most is I, I, I would be taking pictures and videos of them anyway. Uh, I end up doing it for a lot of the kids just because I have the gear and I'm at the beach and, uh, but yeah, it's for sure. I have just as much fun watching crews catch waves. And as a parent, when you see your kid on do something cool or they're on a really good wave, it feels like something that you would have caught. Uh, I do a lot less surfing than I used to. Yeah. Uh, just because a lot of the places we go, I don't really feel like I belong in the lineup, the lineups that crews are in and at lowers or uh, right. out in Hawaii uh, it's appropriate for him. It's, I mean, I don't feel super comfortable unless the ways are pretty bad for me to get out Get out there. So I'm totally content. Uh, I think that's absolutely sustainable for the, for my profession and, and our family life to keep filming and editing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's a huge unlock and advantage for Cruz because, um, you know, hiring a third person to kind of travel around with you and do that to help elevate yeah. your kids' profile would be a stop point for a lot of people. But I'm curious um, do you, now that you've kind of built a following, especially on YouTube, do you feel any uh, responsibility or obligation to kind of keep the content fresh and pumping it out? At a certain level, like the Jamie O'Brien's and Ben Gravy's of the world, have to yeah. be pumping out two a week or whatever they've mandated their schedule is, is what they have to keep doing. And I, I always kind of worry about the pressure that that creates on the content creator. Do you feel any of that?
1: Yeah, I feel like I haven't even dove into the YouTube world. Uh, we're actually good friends with Ben Gravy. He doesn't live too far from us here in New Jersey. Uh, and seeing his worth et- ethic and how much he has to be on and be pumping out content content uh it's a little intimidating for sure like I definitely feel like my style of editing is more uh uh, more the long run it's like I like to film for an entire week or two you know pick out the best clips put it together take my time like set it to music and, and and get it out that way and uh it ends up going on Instagram and then I'll just throw it up on YouTube but the beast that youtube is uh, it's you it, it's almost like the quality doesn't have to be as good for youtube it just needs to be right. out there over and over and over again uh i see a value in youtube because i just my kids watch youtube i mean they're, they're not watching television they're watching you know youtube kids doing just crazy shows all day but yeah i haven't really dove into that i that might be something that's not sustainable for me. That might be something that eventually if that, that could, we could hire out uh, or get crews linked up with someone who, you know, if, if that becomes a thing, I don't, I don't know if it will, uh, more of a blog thing where they're like, you know, pumping out content. Uh, I tried a couple of those. That just wasn't my style to constantly have a camera and asking questions and getting all the behind the scenes stuff
0: takes a certain personality to even be willing to do that, to be the on-air, on-air talent, you know, mm-hmm. to be on 24 hours a day and eager to tell the camera what's going on. And, you know, Cruz yeah. may not be up for that, that role either.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's okay with the camera in his face. I mean, he's so used to it. Uh, he could, I just, I think it might be something he ends up doing on his own. If he ends up doing it, like he's so... Involved in making videos and, and movies with his cousins and his sisters, um, they have their own little YouTube shows and they do a lot of TikToks together and and they're really involved and it's it's out of my hands. I, I don't mess with. I basically all I'm doing is the surfing stuff, and then they're doing all the really creative kind of YouTube uh, vloggy type of things. It has nothing to do with surfing. It's just them being fun little kids doing stuff. So eventually, he's. I think all kids really are so technically advanced than yeah. they ever have been with knowing what's cool, doing it quick and getting it out there. Yeah. Um, so if if he ends up doing it, I think it might be something that he would just do on his own and not really rely on me to do it.
0: What are your concerns related to that?
1: With uh, him producing in, his own videos?
0: Yeah. With engaging yeah. with the internet in a way that isn't filtered mm-hmm. through you, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. Right now, I'm fortunate enough to know that he's rarely on Instagram. So he's not usually reading a lot of the comments. But Instagram has been very nice. So it's YouTube, I think it's kind of tricky. Uh, Some of the YouTube comments, I think people are just out there to, to be as mean as possible whenever they can on anybody's videos. But I, I don't know. At this age, I would definitely not let him view it. I would turn it off <laughs> and not allow comments or screen them somehow. Uh, I don't know. just, I don't know what I would do, but I mean, right now, I don't feel like I had that issue because I don't see him on the platforms reading any of it. So yeah. I, he's definitely separate from it. I mean, he doesn't even know sometimes when I post edits out yeah. that are I post them, like even the flip and things, like he, he knows he did it. He knows I was working on it because he sees me on the computer working on it, but he doesn't know when it goes live and he's not, you know, aware of like how many views it gets. He's not tracking that stuff at all. You know, he's just out there doing this thing after he's, after he surfs, he's just out there playing, you know, he's not really Um, following the social media.
0: Good. That's a good thing. Um, have you been exposed to any negativity or, um, terrible things that people say on the internet about him?
1: Uh, yeah, not, it's been pretty good. Not too okay. bad. I mean, I kind of expect some of it. Uh, like, like I said, especially through YouTube, I expect there to be people just being rel- trying to be funny or just being negative in some way. But it hasn't been anything that, you know, I thought was too damaging. You know, uh, it's been pretty mild, honestly. Okay. Like, yeah, it, most of the stuff's pretty positive.
0: Is there any way to prepare him for that eventuality?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about it. I we talk about sometimes, uh, and I think he sees it on TikTok sometimes. Just some of those videos that pop up on his on his TikTok feed are inappropriate, and then he will read comments. So we talk about and we discuss with them that there are people out there that they're hiding behind a screen they know they're never going to be face to face with you so they'll just try and like pull you down or be negative in some way or just think that they're funny and it has nothing personal to do with you and especially on uh some of his accounts that he's playing with on tiktok he's not even it's not even his face not his name like they don't Mm -hmm. even know it's him and he sees that coming in so on those situations we'll, we'll we'll talk to him about it so he definitely has an understanding that there's people out there that do that. Um, he laughs it off. He's pretty good. Like he, he, it doesn't seem to take anything too much to heart. But again, there might have not have been anything that's super damaging at this point that I've seen for sure. I haven't seen anything.
0: Okay, that's good. What is what have the highlights been for him in terms of exposure to? the other billabong team riders or professional Mm -hmm. surfers that he idolizes? Has he had any real highlight moments?
1: Oh yeah. Like a ton. Uh, we're kind of blown away, honestly. Like it, everything went really fast and natural, but some of the people he gets to hang out with are kind of mind blowing, especially like for me, like being a recreational surfer doing it for a long time, like never at an elite level. Like I wasn't one of the boys. Like I didn't, I don't go hang out at the parties, but, uh, Shane Dorian has been super, he's super supportive to all kids in general. Like he uses his platform to repost kids that are do cool things. They don't have to be build on team writers or anything. Uh, so the, the first person that I remember reaching out to us was Shane commenting when Cruz was like eight years old and he went to the Waypool pool for the first time when it first opened in Waco, uh, And so, and then we got on a trip with him and we met Jackson and Cruz and Jackson became really good buddies. So hanging out with the Dorians has been amazing. And through that, we met Kelly Slater and, you know, Bill Bunghouse. We hung out with Italo and uh, Seth Moniz and Griffin. And so these guys are all around, like, it's like, I don't think Cruz views it the way I view it. Like I view it like, Oh, surf gods. Like, these are my stars. Like I can't believe like we're with them and hanging out with them, but I mean, he doesn't know any different. Like to him, they're just this is just the way it is. Like if you surf, you hang out with these guys, and they're in the lineup, and everyone's been super cool and friendly, and uh, it's I think it's pretty natural for crews. He, he doesn't get like starstruck. Good, but yeah,
0: it seems it seems like that's uh, part of the strategy as well mm-hmm. with cultivating surf talent is normalizing all of those things. So if they find themselves in a heat in the future they're not shocked to be surfing against one of their yeah. idols it just becomes you know you become the one that you're the idol you're the one that other people are shocked to be surfing against if you normalize right. it from young enough from a young enough age
1: yeah he's definitely and especially the places we go are a really popular surf spot so uh i mean besides the people i named he's constantly in lineups with pro surfers i mean that's all the places in hawaii and and down at lowers. I mean, they're, they're out there all the time. So it's, it's pretty normal for him to be out there surfing with them.
0: Has he started to receive any recognition from other people in the lineup?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think for a while he has, uh, I think people gravitate towards him to talk to him and, and they come up to me on the beach after he surfs and, you know, everyone says he's really nice out there in the lineup and they had fun surfing with him. I mean that's been pretty consistent for a long time. So has it? I yeah. I feel like I mean, again, he's so little. So like watching <laughs> any little kid surf, you you have a big smile on your face. It's super cute. Uh, so you know, you we've gotten comments since he was like six years old about, oh my god, I can't believe he's out there, and how cute is he on the wave, and uh, and then you know, it's probably getting less and less as he gets bigger and bigger, but you know, we still get the, the people to come up to us and, and everyone seems to be super friendly with them out there in the lineup. They enjoy surfing with them.
0: Yeah. Um, How do you keep a kid grounded who has that much accolade and attention?
1: I don't know. I, I I think we lucked out a lot that he's not boisterous. He's not, he's not braggy. And I feel like he just, I I don't know. Like, like I said, he doesn't really follow like the, social media aspect of it either. So I think he just surfs and then just goes on to something else. Something else fun is he's not walking around like thinking that this is everything and I'm the best at this. It's definitely not his personality. Um, I I don't see like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm totally having to parent that aspect of it where I'm saying like stay humble and, and stuff like that. I think he just naturally is. And it's, if I feel like I need to speak up at some point, I definitely would, but, uh, he's, he's doing a good job on his own right now. I feel like.
0: It's fascinating to analyze. Cause like you see, um, John, John, you know, he's had everybody, um, Kind of fawning over him since he was six years old or whatever it was right and he seems to have remained really humble throughout all of it and i think it probably could be attributed to his mom and the community that helped raise him mm-hmm. um but another side of me just thinks like when you see i don't know justin bieber gets mm-hmm. busted for having loud house parties and driving his lamborghini 90 miles an hour down the street you think of course He does that because how could you, how could it end any other way? You know, like young kid, tons of accolade, tons of money, tons of attention. Like Mm -hmm. he, that's normal for him. And so you wonder, I mean, maybe it truly is just parenting is the difference. I don't know anything about Justin Bieber's parents, but.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and John John's one of Cruz's favorite surfers. So uh, Cruz looks up to John John sees his calm demeanor and his, personality and i'm sure that reflects on how he feels like he should act when he's surfing or 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 after a heat or whatever you know um he definitely views john john as someone that you know he aspires to be
0: yeah
1: like with that sort of grace and mentality that he has so it's a good role it's
0: a good role model
1: yeah for sure and we see that too in in john john he just seems like the nicest guy in the world
0: right um what are your, do you have any goals for Cruz?
1: Yeah, definitely not. Like, uh, I just here to support him when he's into it. So if he's not into it and we're onto something else, then I'm supporting that. Um, the same with my daughters, it's, it's, they have a passion for it and I want to give them that opportunity as much as we can as a family, uh, so I, I don't have any. I don't. He doesn't need to reach a certain goal for me. Uh, he has his own goals that he puts in his head, and I'm there to help him achieve those if he wants to do them. And yeah, I mean, I I don't care if he becomes a professional surfer or not. Um, if he wants to do something else, that's totally fine with me.
0: If he chooses a life as a professional surfer, um, do you have any concerns for him as a parent in that lifestyle?
1: uh for sure the tour kind of scares us a bit on uh just seeing ah uh, let me rethink of this for a second uh, I don't know I, I I guess I have some concerns i i don't I don't know if the tour seems like the best fit for him although he's so young so like maybe he grows into that and he's definitely competitive. He wants to win things. I mean, um, but I kind of see him if he, if he chooses to take this role is to be more creative. Um, I think he really enjoys to put together just fun, like movies and edits and, and things like that. Like just watching him, you know, play with his sisters and and be creative with angles and transitions that they do this on their phone, like all day of, Oh would, wouldn't this look cool in a video and and to kind of incorporate that with his surfing and and being that aspect I could see him thriving in that but I also could see him like being competitive so I, I think I don't know I think I need to to have him get a little older and yeah. and decide if he wants to be because I feel like it's a lot to be on the tour like you're you're training you're working out you're grouped up with the same guys traveling to these different locations and week-long contests. And I don't know if you'd be better off just doing something more creative than that, but I don't know.
0: I don't envy the tour surfers who are living that lifestyle. And what's Mm -hmm. worse is because they fought so hard to get there, they feel a need to kind of see it to its bitter end. So they'll do it for a decade, even if there's, not winning contests and they're never going to win a world title either. And I don't know a lot of people who decided what they wanted to do when they were 16 or even 18 and ended up actually doing that career. And most people, you know, they get a college degree and they don't even get, they don't have a career in the field that they got the college degree. So it's very normal Mm -hmm. to be able to change your mind, but there's something about that, that's professional surfing where it's like, I committed to this thing. I got to see it through. And you sacrifice those guys and girls sacrifice so much of normal Mm -hmm. relationships, um, during those kind of really important early and mid twenties in their life, you know, and they're having a lot of worldly experience, but they're also, it's a very limited and narrow version of it, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely see that. It's Yeah, initially, like I said, it was kind of we thought that would be an end game, but now the branches have spread. I feel like there's all different avenues and I don't see that as the only one anymore. Um, And I I know Cruz doesn't see that as the only one either. So as he grows, I think he'll decide. I think things are changing so fast that even the structure of the tour is changing and and you have now Stab High doing, you know, different contests for errors which we went to one of those that seemed like the funnest thing in the world like you could see how happy the guys were like over and over again you hear them talking this is the funnest contest I've ever done like that atmosphere where you're cheering each other on and you just want the next guy to go bigger and bigger it felt like like a skate contest it was like wow this is super cool and Cruz was there for that and he saw what that was like as opposed to being in some sort of uh, Heat at a for a national title where there's a lot of stress and you know a lot more strategy and it's it's a different type of surfing and then he likes that too but uh, I think he'll decide when he gets older which direction yeah. he wants to go or something totally different that he just comes up with
0: yeah and there will be a lot more avenues by then too because um, mm-hmm. I was even thinking like the scenario I just described there's a version of that for Ben gravy as well, where he's so committed to maintaining those two video a week posts that that becomes Mm -hmm. probably a hamster wheel as well. But John, John, you know, has a million followers on social on Instagram or whatever. And he doesn't really post that often. He's not living in front of the camera. And he's um, the stuff that he's putting out is, curated it's been edited over a, filmed and edited over a long period of time and he's not living by that same hamster wheel kind of chasing the algorithm mentality so there are there right. are successful versions of people can, who can do it other ways too
1: right and i think that's what i was kind of getting at earlier when i was saying there is the youtube beast where you're constantly feeding that and then there's the you know john john way which is barely posting anything but when you do, it's a banger and everybody watches it. And then they're just waiting. And they know there's not going to be a lot of them in a row, but they're just waiting for the next one. Um, yeah. Eli Hanneman does something similar to that too. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a couple guys out there and, and some of our cruise's favorite surfers do it that way. And then there are the Jamie O'Briens and Ben Gravy's that, you know, he also watches on YouTube and it's more consistent. And he's pumping, they're pumping out content and he's, intrigued in that as well. So there's just different ways to do it.
0: Um, how involved is, when do you get management? I know he has, mm-hmm. Cruz has a manager at this point, but how do you get management mm-hmm. involved and what is their strategy? What are their expectations? How, what does that all look like?
1: Uh, the management aspect just happened for us. It's like, we haven't even cut any real deals with the management yet. So I, I can't really speak too much on on that we we went with uh the family and sean ward and he's been great and uh so he's kind of structuring some deals now where he also has eli on his team and he went with he's been with eli since he was young so he's i think in his mind he's gonna try and do a similar route that he went with eli with cruz which would be awesome so i'll see how that goes I, i'm not too sure uh I'm not too sure how that's going to go, but he doesn't have any big expectations for us at this point. He's just going to start small and work his way up.
0: Does that feel like a certain burden relieved off your shoulders by having somebody involved? Or does it feel almost like yeah. it's more serious now?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. It definitely okay. feels like we took a step into the more serious role. Uh, I, and I feel a lot more relief not having to have those conversations. Uh, I'm very happy to have the friend role with all the companies. I like to be like the dad who's like, I can just hang out and we can talk and it's not a businessy type of thing. Like uh, I'm there with Cruz and, you know, while he's surfing, I'm talking to the team manager or uh, the owners of the company or, or we're all surfing together and stuff like that. And it's not like, now we got to talk about, you know, the contract and things. So it's, it's definitely nice to know someone who's, well more educated on contracts and those deals is handling that side of it. And I can just be the dad and with the friendly relationships with everybody. And then I don't have to deal with like the business side of it. Good. So it's definitely, yeah, definitely I mean, a stress reliever. Yeah.
0: And Sean's been in it both as an athlete for a long time. And he's been working on kind of the industry side for a decade now, I think. So I think you're in good mm-hmm. hands. Um, oh, yeah. Um, you touched on it earlier. But I wanted to ask you directly how do you ensure that your other kids feel adequately important when they're in the midst of this situation?
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's tough, Uh, especially for our 12 year old daughter, because Cruz and her kind of grew up so close in age, they felt like twins. Uh, So there's definitely times where she feels like, why are we going away for so long? Like, you know, she has her own thing going on, but obviously it's a weekend or maybe a week away where Cruz's trips are much longer than that. And she misses me and she misses Cruz. So um, sometimes she doesn't understand like, why is it such a long period of time? So we just have to educate her on, you know, what we're doing and, you know, surfing kind of, it, it takes that amount of time and we don't have for Cruz to do his sport. We don't have waves around our house, especially in the wintertime when it's like 30 degrees. Uh, for him to consistently be able to serve. So it was just educating her. And now she realizes, okay, this is what Cruz does. I do something different and I have my own way of doing that. And Cruz has his way of doing this. And like I said before, it's, but when we're home, it's like the family's together. We're doing everything together. Um, And it honestly doesn't feel like too much of a disconnect when we are away because we're constantly They're still playing on their phones, talking to each other on FaceTime and interacting. uh, And then they come out and visit. So, uh, I mean, it's working for us now. I don't think that you're sending us too much. (laughs) Hopefully not. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And then at what point does it impede on you and your wife's uh, professions Mm -hmm. so much that you have to take a step back or quit? And I mean, does she work full time?
1: Yeah, well, we're both photographers together. Oh, okay. uh, so we uh, transitioned from, for about a decade, we, we ran like a successful wedding photography business, which took a ton of time um, and we were in it. And so we booked as many as we could throughout the year and all week we were editing and doing other shoots. Um, and that's when the kids were little. And then we realized that we were just away from them for two too many weekends, we were missing any sort of events that they had on the weekends. So we transitioned our photography business into an architectural photography business. So we do big shoots, but they only last a couple of days. And then all the, the post-processing is all the time I just need on, in front of a computer. So we do a, a several really big shoots during the year, and then I'm just editing on my computer. So I can be home, but we could be away. Um, and then my wife does the shoots with me, but then I do all the editing myself. So then, after she's done the shoots, then she's free to do schooling with the kids and and be the housewife and you know pick up the house and do all that kind of stuff.
0: Brilliant! You guys have designed yeah. it beautifully.
1: Yeah, it ended. Up, I don't know if it was a plan, but it ended up working that way. Uh, at Congrats. the time, it, at the time, it was just we needed more time home with the family. Like, uh, and then it, and then Cruz ended up becoming like a traveling surfer and, and Meadow ended up becoming a traveling cheerleader. So it, it seemed like it was a brilliant plan and, but it wasn't a plan. It just ended up working out that way. And now it Whoa. really works.
0: That's awesome. Um, it seems like putting the kids as the focus has mm-hmm. allowed all that other stuff to fall into place, having your priorities in the right place, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If, if it wasn't this, it would, we would come up with some other plan to make it work that way. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely the kids are the focus.
0: Um, you talked about you're not surfing nearly as much as you once yeah. did. Do you miss it?
1: I I don't know. It's like I said. I feel like I feel like I'm surfing as much as I always have. I feel like being at the beach and going on these trips. They feel like surf trips to me. So, and I'm constantly reviewing videos and you know, just being at the beach and watching the waves and and doing the edits and filming, I I feel like I'm involved in it and I get just as much like stoke out of it, out of those sessions as I would if I was out there surfing. Um, So I don't know if I miss it. I mean, there's definitely times where it's like I'm really hot and I was like, I'd love to like (laughs) paddle out right now, but I have all my camera gear and I don't want to leave it on the beach. Uh, So there's definitely moments from, but I don't, I'm not jealous of like, crews getting good waves and I'm not out there getting like those same waves that that definitely does not come into play it's more of like I would I would feel refreshed right now if I was in the ocean and I can't get there because I have too much equipment on the beach to to get out there Uh, and I do surf I I definitely want to not make every session feel like a practice session for crews like I don't want everyone to be like I'm filming you right now or you know let's try this maneuver let's work on this technique so there's There's definitely times where I put all the gear away and we're just surfing and they're like the funnest times ever. And you can tell he just feels like the happiest kid ever when it's I'm just out there in the lineup with them. And it's there's no stress. He knows no one's filming them. And it's just like, oh, let's goof around. Let's there. Nothing has to be perfect. It's let's ride switch stance or try and like hang 10 on your shortboard or You know i'm i'm following him on waves and he's cutting me off he thinks it's funny like all that kind of stuff it's they're the best times and i definitely do that in like i do that in between like uh the filming process like even i'll film for a few hours and then i'll put all my gear away and paddle out for a couple waves, just so he knows that it's still like a enjoyable thing and it's not someone's always watching him to try and get like the best clip you know
0: nice Um, do you have any trips on the horizon?
1: Hmm. No, the summertime is usually just kind of see what happens. So we have nothing planned. Um, there's a couple wave pools opening with there's hints that we might get invited to, uh, there's one in Japan that's opening and one in Brazil. And we've been contacted that there might be an invite to one of those before they open to the public to go test them out. But that hasn't been confirmed. And right now we're just here in New Jersey until something pops up.
0: Cool. Yeah. But what is the next trick that Cruz has conceived of?
1: Yeah. I, he definitely knows he can land the front flip into a reverse. So he had a lot of attempts where he almost, he landed tail forward and then reverse out of it. But as he was turning out of it, he fell. So he knows he can do it a front flip to a reverse. So I think that will be one he tries. He thinks he can do a front flip going front side as well somehow. I don't know, but he th- thinks he can. Um, he's pretty positive he could do a finger flip. Like he just was a little bit worried about landing on his fins, but he is convinced that if he got enough tries at it, uh, that he could land a finger flip. So that's another one that he wants to try. Crazy.
0: When Do you have another yeah. trip? Uh, booked to Texas?
1: No, not at this time, no.
0: Okay, because no. I'm sure. Yeah, it seems like he works quick, and he can be pulling those off on the very next trip.
1: Yeah, so, and we definitely view the wave pools as something. I mean, how how great are they? It's like I, it's different than ocean surfing, and we get that. It's but it's such a great opportunity, especially at his age, to have that consistency where he can envision something. And like in the ocean, you just don't have that repetitive wave where you can, like that wave might come out of the blue once every couple months where he, oh, this is my chance to try this. But at the wave pool, he can go there and just bust them out. Like he's, he can just bang them out like a hundred times in a row.
0: I mean, it's a totally different headspace for him because Mm -hmm. my entire life growing up surfing, I never thought about tricks that i wanted to go practice in the ocean i would go out in the ocean and i would try to just apply these fundamentals that i saw kelly slater or tom curran doing and then react to whatever the wave was doing i never once thought i'm gonna go impose my will on the wave and so him him even being in that mindset of conceiving of the trick first and then going and applying it on the water surface indicates a very very different reality than we were ever living
1: in you know Oh. For sure. And I definitely look at it as if I watch a skateboarder try and you know, kick flip or tray flip down a set of stairs, and they slam 400 times, and they finally land that trick. And that's probably the only time they'll ever do that trick. Like they landed it, they got beat up trying to do it. And they banged it out, they spent all day doing it. And it was the best feeling ever, right? I look at the weight pool similar, like, especially the air section. It's like, Think of something cool. This is Cruz's mentality too. Let me think of something really cool. Try it a bunch of times and hopefully I pull it. And then that feeling of finally pulling it. Will he ever do a front flip again? I don't know. Like sometimes he'll land an error in the wave pool that he's never done before. And then the, like he won't try it again for the, the whole trip. Like he, all right, I landed it. So now I'm going on to something else. now. Like I'm trying a different trick now. It's not yeah. like, oh, I'm going to keep trying that same trick over and over again. I'm sure he'll try it when he goes back, but during that particular, you know, one session, as soon as he lands a trick, he, his mind switches. So now I got to try and do a different trick than that yeah. one. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Um, let's give a shout out to his board builder. Who's making boards for him?
1: Oh, Robert, Robert out in uh, Ventura, California. Such a great guy. We love Robert. He, uh, we reached out when Cruz was probably five, maybe four or five we wanted to get him off of my surfboard, which was just a big board that he's a little guy and he was riding down the line. And we're like, okay, he is good. He could pop up really quick and he has good style. Uh, what would it be like if we actually put him on a board that was more appropriate to his little size? Like, could he turn it? Like, that's what we were thinking. So surf shops didn't have anything that were, you know, under five, five or whatever. So we reached out to a bunch of shapers. We sent out emails and said, this is my son. Like he's, this big, this tall, there's a little guy, can you shape him something? And most of the guys responded and said, yeah, just get a stock board. Five O's are shortest board. But in our mind, we were like, no, we're thinking like three foot five inches or something like super tiny, like a little short board, but like appropriate for his size. And uh, Robert wrote back with the kindest email, like, oh, I saw you, I sent him a little video. I like, oh, Cruz has such good little style for a kid. Like I'll definitely like work with them. And, get an appropriate board together for him. And he shaped it up for us and sent it to us. And we've been like family with Robert ever since. Amazing. Uh, Been shaping his board since. Yeah. He's been great.
0: Awesome. Robert's surfboards uh, for the listener and Robert Weiner is his name. Yeah. Um, And then whose boards are you writing?
1: Uh, I have some Robert's boards. Yeah. And uh, I buy some of Rob Kelly's old boards after he is done And so I have some sharp eyes and I got some rusties. So Rob rides rusties and sharp eyes. So Uh, we're about the same size. So I get his old boards.
0: (laughs) Does Roberts have any retail presence in Jersey or the East coast?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Our town sells Roberts sports. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he does an East coast tour every year and he gets stops by our house and we surf and we hang out. Um, But yeah, we have a retail shop right in town that sells Roberts sports.
0: He still surfs good too.
1: He does. He rips. Uh, yeah. We get to, we, we went out to RingCon to surf with him. Nice. And uh, yeah, he's out there ripping.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Well, Tim, uh, glad to finally connect with you, man. I thank you uh, for you sending did. the emails and the kind words and everything.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate it. We're big fans of your show. Uh, oh, you got you. me hooked on athletic greens. So I'm doing no that every way. morning. Yes. I'm kind of loving do you like it. it? it uh, yeah, I do. I, my wife had a different brand. Do you have it right Boom, there?
0: Here we go. Product placement. Nice. Yeah.
1: She had a, di- a different brand that she was trying to get me to drink and it tasted like dirt. And I was like, Oh, I don't know how you do this. So I was like downing it as quick as I could just so I could only have to taste it one time. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to try this athletic greens. And that came in a couple of weeks ago and Oh, it's like tasty. I really like it. So I wake up yeah, in the morning and, totally. Yeah. I'm well, this fan. was an
0: impromptu commercial, but I feel obligated I know, to right? tell the listeners athleticgreens.com slash surf. You got to put the yes. slash surf at the end so that we get credit. But um, yeah. yeah, the funny thing about the taste is my I had the exact same initial thought. I was like, all right, mentally prepared to power through this because I know it's good for me. And I tasted it and I thought, you know, um, it's not a yummy flavor. It's not like a kid would think, oh, this is delicious. Mm but it has like a flavor that appeals to me as an adult in the way that matcha tea mm-hmm. does. Yes. You know, like a kind of refined, complex, like matcha tea with yeah. like vanilla extract maybe added to it or something. And right. I absolutely enjoy it, you know? It's not I, know. I, look, I It's
1: weird because I definitely look forward to it when I wake up. I just, I, I, before the Athletic Greens were in the house, it was coffee the first thing, but now I'm actually looking forward to that. Same. Uh, yeah. It's funny how I like, got super used to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Same. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that you're hooked.
1: Yeah. And I really appreciate you guys talking about Cruise and everything else you're doing. We're, we're big fans of the project Belly too. I think that's a oh, super yeah. cool concept. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're big fans of the show.
0: Thank you very much. I mean, honestly, the mm-hmm. surf world is changing. And my only, I mean, since the beginning, it was just like fan feedback has crafted every single I literally started recording and publishing podcasts in 2013. And I was like, you know, if there's 20 people who are interested, this will be my little gift back because there's no other surf podcast. So this will just be my little gift back to the world of surfing for the 20 people who want to listen because I live in the epicenter of the surf industry and I have access to people. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, within the first week or two, people – those 20 people emailed and they were like, Hey man, this is cool. You should maybe interview so-and-so. And I was like, all right, I'll go interview that person. And it just right. like that, that fan feedback has crafted everything from the beginning and it still does, you know?
1: Now, do you feel like, and let me ask you a question. Do you feel like uh, you need, are you in need to pump out podcasts? Like we were talking about the YouTube situation.
0: 100%. Or, yes.
1: Yeah. Like constantly let's get them out there and, because you have a lot of different podcasts, yeah.
0: Yeah, I have three shows that are that I am personally um, recording and publishing weekly. So three mm-hmm. shows a week, and honestly, I would never have maintained uh, that level of publishing if it wasn't for listeners' expectation and the obligation that I felt to them. And I'm yeah. grateful. I'm grateful for it because now I could say, eight or nine years down the road that we have something substantial and that I feel good about the body of work. And I really wouldn't have followed through on it if I didn't have that obligation to them. So right. I feel good. Go
1: about it. Yeah. Congratulations. You've been doing an amazing job. Thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Oh, you're welcome.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, stay in touch. I uh, find myself in New Jersey every once in a while. So I'll reach out if I'm ever out there and do the same. In Cal- oh, do if you're you in California. really? Yeah.
1: You ever, you ever come out in the winter you want to get some winter barrels with us?
0: I do want to, and I I haven't. I think the last, uh, the latest I've been there is like in the fall, which is also good. But I do want to do a winter trip.
1: Uh, for sure. September is our favorite month. We we pretty much rely on hurricanes and tropical storms. So uh, September, the water's still warm, the air is nice. Everyone leaves our town. We live in a vacation community, so it gets really busy in the summer. But September, everyone's gone home so it's empty and we get waves it's probably the best month awesome. to be in new jersey but if you ever want to get like some really cold like barrely waves, you got to come during a winter storm one time we'll suit you I up do. get you out there perfect yeah. will do okay
0: all right thanks so much tim
1: oh uh, you're welcome I'll uh, talk to you soon all right see ya
0: Thanks for the conversation and insights Tim and um, congrats on all the successes for all of your kids seems like you guys have a really amazing thing going there so enjoy that and um, a quick reminder if you want to get in on the Roger Hines Dreamfish twin giveaway you have until June 1st but don't delay just go ahead and set up your subscription today I've put a hyperlink in your show notes. It is the word SUPPORT in all caps, or you can go to surfsplendorpodcast.com and just navigate over to support the show. Five bucks a month. You won't notice it missing, and it is crucial to helping us run this business. So thank you for that. I published a episode of Spit on Wednesday morning with Scott Bass. I've got a recording with Chaz Smith tomorrow. Uh, for The Grit. So you can find that by Friday morning, May 28th. And then I'm also um, later tomorrow in the afternoon recording an episode with Pat O'Connell regarding his um, career transition from the WSL and now running Florence Marine X. So you can look forward to that. I think we'll publish that one next week, presuming um, sometimes these schedule interview scheduling kind of, you know, things fall apart. People need to reschedule and that sort of stuff but if pat shows up tomorrow i will have it ready to go for you next week all right so that is all for this week catch up with us daily on instagram at surf splendor otherwise i'll be back here on the podcast airwaves next wednesday this is of course david scales for surf splendor saying until then get back into the ocean share some waves and shred on